I'm sorry, I just said the words cram into their legal briefs and it made me giggle. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Interrogang Podcast, your weekly shot of typography news and notes, where we'll share with you some new type releases and what got us thinking this week in the world of type, design, and creativity. The Interrogang Podcast is an extension of Proof & Co., a website dedicated to the ever-changing landscape of independent typography and bridging the gap between type designers and type consumers through insightful content and research. I'm your host, Joshua Dick, along with Interrogang co-host, the incredibly talented and committed type enthusiast, and a man who was once on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Kyle Reed. How's it going today, Kyle? Hi, Josh. Yeah, doing pretty well today. You were, uh, you did a, a spit take competition on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, am I correct? That is correct, yes. I was reluctantly pulled on stage to do a funny little joke bit on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and um, recorded on TV history forever. Not COVID-friendly, Kyle. No, unacceptable. not. <laughs> Wouldn't fly today. <laughs> Truly unacceptable. Yeah, that was a good time. The Interrogang Podcast is committed to asking lots of questions about things we are curious about, but we are not the authority on the topics discussed here. We hope to serve simply as conversation starters, and hopefully we'll pique your interest in ways that get you thinking about new things in exciting ways, or old things in deeper ways. We will be referring to the Proof & Co. weekly newsletter in this episode, which you can subscribe to at proofco.xyz to use as a visual reference. Here we are now in week 13, 2021. Hey gang, yes, week lucky number 13, 2021. Here are some of the releases from this week. So uh, this week was definitely for the pros. There was so much incredible type design put out this week. It's hard to put my thumb on just a few to highlight. Um, most of the highlights from this week were from once a small one to two person foundries releasing extensive families that have obviously been in the works for a long, long time. And there was an incredible variety of styles released this week, too. Uh, sans, serifs, scripts, calligraphic, monospace, romans, italics, backslanted. A real typographic jackpot if you're a designer looking for some new fonts to spruce up your alphabetic pantry. It's nice that we're not just seeing one thing over and over and over again. Yes. Yeah, the diversity has really come through this week. We're getting a, a taste and a mousse-bouche of each and every <laughs> type of typeface. That's right, a typographic amuse-bouche. Uh, first up, Sculpin from Process Foundry is a beautifully chiseled sans family of five weights with Roman italics and a few very fun linear patterns inspired by the finishing details of square-edged tools. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this might be my favorite release of the year so far. Whoa. Uh, I know that that is a huge statement to make on a typography podcast. Whoa. Yeah, watch out, everybody. Uh, this is a pretty great release. I'm just a fan, personally. Um, but it really is truly professional. It's described as a stew of American sign painting, Swiss modernism, and stone carving rendered to life with Bezier curves. I mean, how do you beat that? <laughs> it's pretty great. Sculpin, which is a family of 10 fonts, though it's five weights of Roman and italics, uh, is also available as a variable font and has a set of very fun 
linear patterns, as I mentioned, on offer. Um, so there's just big bang for the buck here with this one. Uh, Sculpin from Process Foundry. Sharp Type released Salter this week, which is the latest in a series of explorations of 20th century book jacket calligraphy by designer Lucas Sharp. The typeface is inspired by various designs attributed to Oscar Ogg and George Salter, two prolific masters of this period. I think it's great that he lumps these two together, Oscar Ogg, because Sharp Type's famous Ogg typeface has gone on to not only expand as a family, but, you know, to prolific use globally. Uh, Nike's used it. Uh, it's definitely been a staple of uh, contemporary graphic design. So we'll see what happens with Salter. Uh, Salter is released as a small family of both Roman and Italic typefaces in one weight. So it's just two types to start, but knowing sharp type, it'll progress. It's cool to see Lucas Sharp diving into the deep pool of design history and resurfing with these gems, really breathing new life into them as contemporary modern typefaces. Uh, instead of just beautiful lettering from, uh, you know, the middle of the 20th century. Uh, Augur Mono is a monospaced Sans family with a few serifs thrown in there. Uh, that's the latest release from Signal Foundry. With a total of six fonts in the family, Augur Mono is a simple offering. But don't let the family size fool you. Each of the six weights carries a punch of versatility and friendly neutrality that makes it highly usable. I feel like everybody has a mono these days. I don't know if they're just becoming easier to make or what, but Augur is Signal Types Mono, and it is uh, actually a really nice piece of type design. If you get into the details, it's got big open counters, serifs in all the right places, even though it's a sans family. Um, you know, monotype or monospace families tend to do that. It's got just enough character amidst all the neutrality to be interesting. And I'd like to bring up Norbert from Typemates in Germany. So first of all, great name. Anytime you can get a little extra personality and endearment from a typeface because of its great name, you're doing it right. It's just good marketing. So Norbert, yes. I mean, come on. How do you hate a typeface called Norbert? You can't. You can't. Norbert is slated as a collection of extremes, quote unquote. Norbert is a family of 18 fonts across three weights, including Roman, oblique, and backslanted styles. Uh, and three three widths as well. Uh, so the backslanted style is probably what makes this font a highlight for me. I've said it for a while now that uh, I'd like to see more backslanted styles for sale out there. So we've finally got another one to add to the list now. Yeah, Magnet was put out uh, from Fair Jones type a little while ago. It's an incredible backslant. Yeah, it's something that I would love to see done more. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so that's it for me. What about you, Josh? What did you find in, this week in the weekly? So big breaking news this week, uh, except that we're not breaking it and it's been around a little while. So never mind. <laughs> it's neither big nor news. It's not big. It's not breaking. It's kind of news. Last week, the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit put out a statement that for its lawyers and their legal briefs to encourage the use of typefaces that are easy to read, that makes sense, and to discourage the use of Garamond, which seems like a strange typeface to highlight and ban Garamond, mm -hmm. which by all accounts is a fairly well-liked typeface, very readable. Yeah, it's pretty inoffensive. Seems strange to refer to it 
after you're saying, please be readable, but don't use this highly readable font. <laughs> if you read further, it seems that because Garamond is such a narrow font that this allowed lawyers to squeeze more into page limits. So obviously, judges are just lazy and didn't want to be reading so much. They're them, them's fighting words. Sure. And the article I read also discussed a lot about the X height of Garamond being on the small side and that mm-hmm. while that generally is better on paper, that that can be difficult to read on screens. And so it it hypothesized that after a year of being primarily on screens, that is why Garamond has lost favor for the U.S. Court of Appeals in D.C. It also then said that it would prefer Times New Roman or Century to Garamond. So with all that in mind, Kyle, I have some I have some questions for you about this. We need to get into this. Yes, lines were drawn on the face of the U.S. Court of Appeals. Some Garamond prejudice we're seeing here. So first of all, Kyle, what is your opinion of Garamond? I'm a kind of a classicist. I really enjoy the early types, the uh, the early printing types, uh, a lot of the beautiful serif designs, which I consider Garamond to be. Um, I think that there's a a certain like stately quality to Garamond. Uh, there's a beauty in it that you can pull out. Uh, I do find it really funny in the article that they were basically saying that all these old judges were just having to read on screen a lot more <laughs> over the pandemic. So they just or just more Garamond. or they they just had to read more. It it does bring up a lot of legibility issues um, and questions like, is Garamond really less legible on screen versus, you know, on paper? I don't know. It was designed to be a a printing type, obviously, on paper. Um, I don't know how it translates to screen in comparison. But as a whole, I like Garamond. I think it's got a a nice charm to it. There's a warmth and a, a bit of a softness compared to the sharp, rather digital digitally native times new roman cuts out there so what are your thoughts on x height as it pertains to readability we don't need to go into the screen versus paper uh, as we have not done our extensive research i mean i think that there's a lot of cred to that as as a legibility and readability statement Um, higher x heights are a lot more clear because they give a lot more detail to the middle of the reading line and kind of open up the counters and, and make the forms a little bit more obvious. Uh, legibility and readability are about so much more than just X height, but X height is certainly where you can gain a lot more readability and legibility. Would you say that Garamond has an X height problem? <laughs> I, apparently it does, <laughs> according uh, to the court. So, so we hear yeah, I wouldn't have said that before this week, but apparently there is uh, are there are at least a few curmudgeonly folks out there who do have a problem with the Garamond Exite. Very specific opinion to have. Now, also, part of the problem here was that Garamond was being used nefariously by these lawyers to cram more into their legal briefs. That's a, a real typographic are... skill to... You know, using typography in smart ways, put more information on the page. I feel like that ah. you should get credit for that. I see. You say smart. I say nefarious. 
Can you think of any other examples where a typeface was used specifically for its ability to work around some rules? Uh, yeah, totally. So one of my favorites is the Bell Centennial typeface that Matthew Carter designed for the Bell company. Um, they were printing their phone books and the typefaces that were available, they got really glommy with ink on the, on the page. And uh, Matthew Carter, the genius that he is, he created a typeface to work around these physical limitations and these rules. Uh, he made it narrow, narrower. He put in ink traps. He uh, kind of defined the the game of increasing legibility and readability with all these limitations. And it's a real genius design. Further on down the road, Retina from Bear Jones used this very same uh, technique for I think it was the Wall Street Journal. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But they, you know, to redo their stock prices and just they needed to put more information on fewer column inches and they turned to type to do that. And those are some pretty important uses, too, that actually creates yes. change yeah. in the world. High stakes. Uh, when it comes to conveying information, I mean, you're, you're left with nothing but type to do that. So let's get to the let's get to the core question. Yes. What are the correct times and places for banning fonts? Just to say a giant black spot, big X, big no, revoke their pass. You don't get to use this typeface anymore. What are the rules? Is that what you're You putting? shall not pass. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There it is. Uh, I, what are the rules for doing this? I don't know. Personally, I don't think that there are any typefaces that are worth banning altogether to say you can't ever use these types. So how many college papers did you turn in in Wingdings? <laughs> I went to art school, so I... <laughs> so a few? The, so almost all of them. <laughs> so at least one? That was certainly a... Uh, a Over under a, one. Um, David Carson trick uh on that one <laughs> set your entire thing in in wingdings so when is it appropriate to ban typefaces i would say it's it's appropriate to limit their use when they're being used in the wrong context i don't think that this garamond thing applies to that rule but yeah you don't want to be tonally off by using joker man on a funeral notice you know, <laughs> so right. uh, there's a tonality issue to consider. Right. Um, but I I wouldn't say banning typefaces is a practice we should get used to. It does feel like there's obviously good uses. That's just using the tool correctly. Mm -hmm. As you said, you can be horribly insensitive with your choice of typeface or just completely off the mark. That's right. But yes, it. It does seem odd to say absolutely not. No questions asked. You cannot do this. Though I'm trying to think if there are really, if there could be some really solid reasons. I mean, obviously the U.S. Court of Appeals had their reasons. Mm -hmm. It's well, just hard to say if they were good enough. Right. Yeah. What kind of authority do you have to ban a typeface anyway? Uh, are the there aren't a font police that are come after you and give you a ticket for using it. Like, <laughs> Well, now that's a good question. What if a lawyer used Garamond now? What happens? I think they're just going to... Are they 
in Garamond jail? Older judges. Like, I think it's a personal issue. <laughs> Do you get disbarred for using Garamond? Oh, boy. That seems like a not a good way to go. Any lawyers out there? Email us. Can you get disbarred from using know. typeface now? We're curious. <laughs> but let's keep that let's keep that conversation going. I'm gonna we're gonna play a little game here, Kyle. Ooh, great. Game I'm time. Gonna, I'm because there are obviously some fonts out there that are notorious. Yes. We all know of them. Many of us hate them. So I'm gonna go through some famous cases of these are terrible typefaces and you should never use them and see what you think what you truly truly think so we're going to find out okay we're going to find out what you truly believe i'm nervous today so let's start let's start with it with an easy one times new roman yep i think it's overused i think it's overrated uh i think it's just a default so people use it i don't think that there's much merit to using it over some of the much better fonts out there. Should it be removed as the default on Microsoft <laughs> Word? Let's get you on record right now. Uh, mm, oh. No. Oh. I think it's a... You don't want to rock the boat too much, I guess. That sounds like Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, call me a non-boat rocker, but yep. All right. Helvetica. Helvetica. Legend. Storied history to that font. That font family. Um... Now I think it's just a commercial product that's just rehashed every couple of years and put out there. Uh, but it changed the game. Got to give it some respect. I, I'm okay with Helvetica. I feel with Helvetica, it found its purpose. Mm-hmm. And it is time to move on. You've got to let go. It's, it's lingering around. <laughs> time to set it off. It did what we all seek to do. It found its home. It succeeded beyond its wildest imaginations. And it completed. It is complete. Time to move on, says Josh. All right. Next, Impact. Oh, the meme font. Impact. I like. Mm, I don't like Impact. I think it's. <laughs> Whoa. It's not not that fun. Nope. Yeah. That was a roller coaster. <laughs> wow. I got whiplash from that opinion. All right. A big one. Ariel. Ariel. Again, a digital default that is overused. I don't have a problem with it. I'm very apathetic on Arial. Use it if you want. I don't even notice. Maybe a, even a big who cares about Arial. <laughs> That's how I feel in that. I was surprised it was even on the lists of please stop using this. In that I see it everywhere. It, it To me, it's even more ubiquitous now than Times New Roman. It just is. I imagine a lot of people put that on the list because it's boring right true uh people either want more excitement out of things or they want no excitement out of things like it should be professional and neutral ariel is kind of on the neutral side and everybody has an opinion about fonts and it's usually it should be more fun so ariel probably gets a bad shrift all right i've got another crazy one for you crazy lay it on me curls with a z curls the middle school font that you used on your report covers and uh you know glitter letters that you'd get from michael's or hobby lobby yeah sure so you really like it is what i'm gathering (laughs) i don't think i have an opinion about curls no opinion i never use it (laughs) fair enough and now the heavy hitter 
the one we've all been waiting for. Yes. Say it with me now. Comic, Comic Sans. Sans. Yes, Comic Sans. I actually really like Comic Sans, and I I've changed. My oh, opinion Kyle, on you Comic just Sans. got your you just got your typography card revoked. Oh, I don't know about that, Josh. I don't know. I think I, I, my opinion has changed over the years. I think when I first started in art school, I was like, oh yeah, of course, Gra- Comic Sans is a joke and it's really stupid and dumb. It's it harks back to the conversation we were just having about uh, you know it being a cultural use issue instead of a well-designed font issue. Comic Sans is not a bad typeface. It's just used badly and ubiquitously. But Comic Sans in itself isn't that bad. I think type designers recognize that. We're going to cut out a clip of you saying just Comic Sans isn't that bad and just play <laughs> that on a loop. Yeah, go ahead. Play it on a loop. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> it's not at, that the bad. The next time we're at typographic, uh, we're at a conference. We'll just have that playing on loop wherever <laughs> you go and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. If I'm hearing you correctly, you believe that the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit should go exclusively with curls. Is that right? Okay. I don't know if that's correct, but if they did use curls for one of their legal briefings, I think they would gain a lot of lot of points with a lot of people. Oh, I sorry, I missed the point. I haven't really been listening. <laughs> uh, let's get a little fancy here with papyrus. Papyrus. A much maligned font due to its overuse and uh, inappropriate uses. <laughs> I can't believe that got to the point of overuse. It doesn't seem like it should be used for much. Yes, yes. It is a very unlikely uh, high riser. I think the problem with Papyrus that it got to a point of overuse is that I actually think it's a very well-designed font. But again, it's for such a specific thing. And if overuse is the problem, then overuse is the problem. That's a good point. You don't get overused if you're a crappy font. (laughs) You get overused because you're perfectly serviceable. Yeah, it's a cultural issue instead of a design or technical issue. I've always hated being described as perfectly serviceable, so... Yep. All right, shall we outro? Yeah. That's it for this week's Interrogang. A special thanks to Andrew Spheris, our editor and all things tech master. The original music featured throughout this episode was composed by Andrew Spheris as well. The Interrogang podcast can be found on our website, proofco.xyz slash podcast, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to receive more type news and notes, head to our website and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co, or email us at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any questions for us or thoughts on what we discussed this week, or if you have banned any fonts in your personal life, we'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for being a part of the Interrogang. We'll see you next week. Banned any fonts in your personal life. <laughs>
<laughs> I love that. It's great. <laughs> Do we still have Andrew? Andrew, you still there? Did Andrew fall asleep? 